morning, everybody. Welcome to the service here at Heathervale, and uh, welcome to those on Zoom as well. Um, yet yeah, it's first Sunday in Advent today, so it's quite appropriate that Martin will be speaking later, be asking the question, "Who is Jesus?" Um, yeah, that that will, that is to come. Um, who is Jesus? We have a couple of notices to give. Um, I'm going to spring forward to Christmas Eve and Sarah's going to bring a notice and then I'll work backwards. Good morning. Um, so 24th of December is our carols by candlelight. Woohoo! Um, if you play a stringed instrument such as a violin or a cello or a gentle wind instrument, such as a flute, and you've always had a burning desire to join us on the prestigious stage up here, then you would be most, most welcome. Obviously it helps if you can read music or, you know, Christmas carols. Um, if you would like to join us this year, then please do grab either myself or Steve after church and say, yes, please, I'd love to play. And, and that'd be lovely because at the moment it's me and Steve. It's the 24th of December. It will be at five o'clock. It's going to be a fantastic time, but we would love to have more musicians on stage with us. So looking forward to a general influx grabbing us after church. Thank you. I knew she would do that notice so much better than I would. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> so the next notice is a plug for our all-age Family Nativity Service, which is here two weeks today on the 17th um, at 10.30. Uh, those of you who have been to our, our previous ones, I hope you'll agree that, that they're fun, but we do also, sorry, was that? A, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they're fun, but we do also explain who Jesus is and why he came. And so I'm asking you to invite people along, invite your family, your friends, whether they have children or not, but it would be lovely to have a, a good number of children here. So that's the first thing I'm asking. Um, second thing is that I hope that a number of you will dress up um, as one of the, the characters. It doesn't matter whether you want just to sit in your seat, um, but we, we are also hoping that perhaps some of you might be willing to come to the front. Um, it's possible you might have a line or two to say, but uh, you know, if you could come to the front in your costumes and take part in our tableau, that would be great. Um, we're particularly looking for shepherds, wise men, um, angels, uh, possibly a star or a sheep. Sorry, wise people. Well, yes, yes, but they are depicting the wise men. So I deliberately chose to say wise men rather than wise people. But uh, yes, thank you for uh, pointing that out, Mark. Um, if you are prepared to, to dress up, as I say, as one of these characters and come to the front, could you let um, me or Helen or Jenny or Mark know that you're, you're prepared to do that so that we, we have some idea of which characters are going to be represented up here and where there might be some gaps that, that need to be filled. There are costumes available. Um, we, we haven't sorted through them yet, but uh, we always put some out on, on the morning. Um, so that's the second thing. And the third thing is, can you pray for the service? Uh, pray that people will come along, um, that we will get children, we'll get the marriage families um, and, and others who'll be able to come along and, and see the nativity 
have some fun, but also, as I said earlier, hear about who Jesus is and why he came at this time. So thank you. And so let's uh, move on. Um, we're asking who is Jesus? We've, we've come here to um, be in his presence, to worship him. And so I'm going to stand, hand over to Steve and uh, we're going to have some sung worship. Thanks a lot, Alison. Am I allowed to come as the grumpy old innkeeper again? <laughs> we're not actually covering that part of the story this year <laughs> no room anyway let's all stand and sing and worship together in the name of the father in the name of the son in the name of the spirit lord we Lift up your name to call on our Savior to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down, as your people sing. We will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves. Our God saves. songs 
when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Jesus, we thank you that you are here, that you are here working in our midst. We thank you that you are our savior, you are our hope, you are the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness, and you are God. Amen.
gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer. There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom. I stand fast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold
those are and uh, yeah I invite you now just to speak out your response to what we've been singing to a response to Jesus for who he is and what he's done for us Lord Jesus we, we thank you we come before you on our knees Lord Jesus overwhelmed by what you did for us Lord Jesus, we thank you, we worship you, we glorify you. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Amen. In the days of King Herod, there was a priest called Zechariah who was burning incense in the temple of the Lord. Suddenly the angel Gabriel appeared standing by the altar. He said to Zechariah, your wife Elizabeth is barren, yet she'll bear you a son. And you will call him John. John shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he will bear witness to the light of Mary, Mary, Jesus, sons Jesus. 
thereby returning the obedience of many Jews to their God. The true light who enlightens all the men is coming into the world. Praise your name, Lord. Jesus, thank you that you've come, light in the darkness. Thank you that the darkness has not and will not ever extinguish or overcome the with the light. Jesus, thank you that you're with us now. Your light shines in our hearts through the power of the Spirit. Lord, you enliven us with your light today, even as we worship you now. Just come among us with joy. May the light of your presence fill us afresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we read that in the beginning, when it was all dark, your spirit hovered over your created world. Thank you, you hover over us with excitement to create. Thank you what you've created in each of us. Christ, a hope. So Father God, we rejoice right from the very beginning. You're with us, hovering over to do, create beautiful things. I bless your name. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Yes. And it's Christmas. We want to see peace in your homeland. We want to see peace where you started the church. So Lord Jesus, will you just bring May you just surround it with your army of angels and just call it to be be nothing. 
be lucky to, to just stop and let there be peace in that region, Lord, through Christmas and the rest of the year and the years to come. Lord, we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Lord Jesus, as Sarah prayed, <clears throat> our hearts are just overwhelmed by the enormity of who you are and what you've done for us. What you do for us here and now, what you've done for us in the past, and for that sure and certain hope that we will one day spend eternity with you. Our hearts are full of thankfulness, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. As it's the first Sunday in the month, um, we are we've got a motion, a uh, motion, <laughs> a mission focus. <laughs> Um, and uh, Inika, as our mission coordinator, has gathered together some <coughs> prayer points um, from Operation Christmas Child, which I'll be sharing um, in a minute. Um, so, yet yeah, I, I have some points where they have asked us to, to give thanks, so I will, will pray for, for those. Um, but if we could look at the slides, these are um, requests, prayer requests. So they've asked us to pray for every child who would receive a shoebox gift this year, that they may know God's comfort and protection at this time. To pray for the Operation Christmas Child's volunteers and the staff, that they would be of one vision and would give God the glory for all that they do in and through the ministry of OCC. Pray for OCC and the Greatest Journey volunteer teams and the ministry partners in over a hundred countries worldwide. Pray that God will raise up new men and women keen to serve him and further his kingdom through the ministry of OCC and the greatest journey. And then the final slide is just a, a sort of summary, if you like. Um, so pray for the children, pray for the volunteers and the staff, both in this country and abroad and pray for the ministry partners who are delivering Operation Christmas Child and the Greatest Journey program. So I'll lead us off by giving thanks and then open it up um, if you feel led to, to speak out prayer for, for some of these things. Father God, we give thanks for the project leaders all over this country who make it possible for their church, their school, their workplace or their community group to get involved with Operation Christmas Child each year. We give thanks for everyone registered as a drop-off location and for the church collection centres and for all those who work so hard, so tirelessly um, to get together the boxes to go out to where you want them to go to. We praise you, Lord, 
for the over 1 million teachers who have been trained to deliver the greatest journey since the programme began. We give you thanks for the 30.9 million children who have taken part in the Greatest Journey Follow-Up Bible Discovery Programme since 2009. We thank you for all that and for more. And we dare to ask, Lord, to, to bring to you our prayers for Operation Christmas Child now. be thrilled to overflowing Lord when they receive their box but it will be much more than that they will know your care for them and know that there is a God who loves them and we pray that many again this year will continue with the greatest journey Lord we just lift all these little ones to you and give you thanks Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, that you are the light that stepped down into darkness. And we just lift to you each and every child and family that will be on the receiving end of your light shining into their lives. Lord, you are in the business of transforming hearts and transforming lives with the light of your love. Bless them all and get each one to the right destination. Safely, we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're just so thank you, Lord, that we've had the opportunity from miles and miles away, Lord, to make a difference in these children's lives and their parents, Mother, and in the, the region they come from and even in the countries, Lord. We just thank you, God, for the privilege being able to just put a few pounds together lord and yet send hope to children who have no hope father but they lord we just thank you for your scripture that says lord you you came that, that we might have hope and, and a future i pray for those children lord that as they come to know you as they sow their lives into you and into your kingdom father that you will inspire them lord god 
to reach out into their communities, Father, to bring that hope and a future to others, Lord God, and to bring change in their nations, in their regions, in their, in their villages, in their families, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that they can know because of, of, of us and people like us, Father, that they are part of such a worldwide family, Father God. It is no small thing, Lord God, to do this. And we're just so grateful to you, Father, and pray such a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit on every one of these children and the countries in which they, they come from. We are so blessed to be in a peaceful nation, Father, where really we have so much compared to the very little that they have. But it's a joy, Lord God, to see the, the films of these kids opening up their boxes, just being so overwhelmed and so excited by things that our kids just take for granted. We bless you, Father. May this ministry go from strength to strength. We thank you for every person that's involved. Give them, Lord, a great love for the children, strength, um, ability to do this, Lord God. It's, it's amazing to be a part of it. So we just praise you for the, for the blessing that it's been to us and to those kids, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, that's a staggering figure to think that nearly 31, 9, 31 million children have taken part in the Greatest Journey program since 2009. And we do ask, Lord, for your blessing on those in the local churches who are um, tasked with, with delivering that, that program we ask that your spirit would be with them, that you would help them as they, they unpack um, who you are and what you have done for us all, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I said at the beginning, Martin is going to be asking us the question, who is Jesus? And uh, the reading is taken from John 1. There are two uh, parts to it, verses 6 to 8 and verses 19 to 34. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And then verse 19. Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert, make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, 
John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Father, we thank you for those words. We thank you for those truths. And we thank you for Martin, for all the preparation that, uh, that he's done under your guidance. And Lord, we ask that we would hear you speaking through him this morning. As always, Lord, we want to hear from you. And we ask that you would, by the power of your spirit, enable us to put into practice what you, you want to say to each one of us. It may be different for each person, but Lord, when it comes from you, it's the truth. Amen. Thanks, Alison. So we're asking the question, who is Jesus? Um, you've got the PowerPoint there. Thank you. That's great. Um, you could look at the banners and get your answer. Uh, this morning, Marilyn's very helpfully put up uh, some names of, of Jesus to help us. Um, but actually, I want this morning to focus on John's witness to Jesus. John really helps us to get, a, to get a, an understanding of who Jesus is. And that's really important because we live in a, a nation that doesn't really know who Jesus is. And we need to be confident, bold in knowing who Jesus is so that we know who it is we're sharing with our friends, neighbors, work colleagues, etc. Talk, talking Jesus Report, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, really important survey um, of 2,000 people, and it asked people in our nation what people think about Christianity, faith, God, Jesus, the church, and Christians. One of the questions in the survey was, how would you describe Jesus? And the highest percentage, 33 percent of people describe Jesus as a prophet or spiritual leader, but not God. 25% um, of people describe Jesus as a normal human being. 20% of people describe Jesus as God in human form who lived in the first century. 18% of people responded, I don't know, when asked to describe Jesus. In answer to the question, was Jesus an actual historical person, 54% said Jesus was a real human being, 28% said Jesus is a mythical or fictional character, and the rest didn't know. <laughs> so to say that there are mixed understandings and ideas about Jesus out there in the world is an understatement. Um, but it seems that nothing has changed from the time of Jesus and John the Baptist. People had misunderstandings then, they have them now. Um, there was considerable anticipation at the time of Jesus and John the Baptist about the 
promise of a Messiah King, God's chosen King, who would come and restore the kingdom in Israel. 400 years before Jesus and John the Baptist, the prophet Malachi, that's the last book in the Old Testament, had promised that there would be a messenger who would make way, prepare the way for the Lord, for the Messiah. Malachi 3 verse 1. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. So some thought the messenger here um, would be Elijah. Elijah, um, this is why the England rugby fans sing swing low sweet chariot. But Elijah was swept up to heaven in a, in a fiery chariot. He didn't die. He was swept up to heaven. And some Jews believe that Elijah would come as the messenger preparing the way for Jesus or the Messiah. Some thought that um, the messenger preparing the way for the Messiah would be the prophet um, promised through Moses. We'll come back to that in a moment. But the religious people, wanted, that's the priests and the Levites, wanted to know who John was. John 1.20 says this, he did not fail to confess, but confess freely, I am not the Christ, that's the Messiah. They asked him then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Um, so he says, I'm not the Christ. I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. The prophet, by the way, goes right back to the time of Moses. Deuteronomy 18, 18 said this. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I've commanded him. So God said to Moses, I'm going to raise up a prophet like you. And some believe that this prophet, like Moses, would prepare the way, be the messenger to prepare the way for the Messiah. But John says, no, I'm not him either. I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. I'm not the Messiah. None of those things. But John did say that he was the promised messenger, promised by the Isaiah in Isaiah 40, verse 3. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. John came preaching in the desert, didn't he? Eating locusts, a really wild character. And he was there pre preparing the way for Jesus. And he said, yeah, I am that prophet. I am that messenger. The religious authorities, the Pharisees felt threatened by John. They didn't like him at all. Um, because he claimed to have authority to prepare the way for the Messiah. John 1, 24. Now, some Pharisees who'd been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Um, many of the Jews at the time had been baptized and were in good standing with the temple and the synagogue. And the Pharisees saw these as their flock. So here comes John baptizing these uh, righteous Jews who belonged, it seemed, to the Pharisees. And along comes John saying, look, you need to be baptized in preparation for the Messiah. The Pharisees didn't like this because they thought he was um, sheep stealing, right? These are ours. They belong to us. And so they got upset. They weren't happy. And they said, well, whose authority are you doing all this baptizing in? Who are you, John? You're not one of the religious establishment. He certainly wasn't, was he? Wild man, a prophet. 
We need John's witness more than ever today about who Jesus really is. We really do. Because we need to know who it is we're sharing as Christians. And God wants you and I to have confidence and boldness and courage in who Jesus is. He's the son of God. He has authority and power. So when we go in his name and pray and we share, we're sharing in the name and authority of Jesus, the son of God. He's not a prophet only. He's not a human being only. He's far more. And God would have you and I be confident in who we're sharing. It's not just another guru or person that people follow in society, right? So, four names that give us boldness and confidence and joy in who Jesus is. First, the Christ, the Messiah, verse 20. He did not fail to confess, but said, I am not the Christ. Christ means Messiah or anointed one. Prophets, priests, and kings were anointed in the Old Testament by the Holy Spirit to carry out special tasks. But Jesus was all of those things and more. He was prophet, priest, and king. He was God's chosen Messiah, anointed with the Holy Spirit to restore God's kingdom rule. And here again, there was lots of confusion at the time in first century Palestine. Some believed that the Messiah would bring righteousness and peace. Some saw him as a military figure who would overthrow the Romans and kick out Roman rule and restore the Jewish nation. Some believed the Messiah would be a supernatural visitor. Some believed that the Messiah would be a human king descended from King David. But he was so much more than all of these views. We see this at Jesus' baptism, John's witness to who Jesus is. John 1, 32, here it is. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Once the Spirit came down to empower Jesus for his uh, ministry, it remained on him. It never left. Jesus was always, always had the Spirit because he's the Son of God. But at his baptism, he was especially equipped to be the Messiah, right? To heal the sick to cast out demons, to teach with authority, to call people to enter the kingdom and repent of their sins. It was an anointing of power. He always had the spirit, but this was a sign that he'd been anointed to be the Messiah for ministry. So, you know, when you pray in Jesus' name, you are praying in the name of Jesus' Messiah. You have authority and power in the name. Right? I don't think we realize as Christians just how much authority and power we have in and through the name of Jesus. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are praying to the one who changes and transforms situations. Because he has the power and authority to do that. When you lay hands on people and pray for them, God can work through you to bring healing and restoration and release. You can lead people in Jesus' name to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior as you open them up in prayer. There is authority and power in the name of Jesus to break chains, to bring freedom. Let's start praying with boldness and confidence, believing that he's the Messiah. 
Second, John witnesses to Jesus as the Lamb of God, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I don't know if you can see it, but there's a picture there of the uh, Passover lamb, blood being painted on the door frames and the lintels. Do you remember in Exodus 12, um, God told the Israelites to take a lamb and sacrifice it and paint the blood with hyssop on the door frames and the lintels. And when the angel of death passed over, the Israelite houses that have been painted with the blood of the sacrificial lamb, all the family and the children were spared from death, but the Egyptians were struck down. And it was only then that Pharaoh said to Moses, you can go, you are released, you are free. So this image of Jesus as the Lamb of God is about freedom from slavery, isn't it? The Israelites were let go from slavery. And Jesus is the Lamb of God who frees us from the slavery of sin. What on earth does that mean? What on earth does that mean? It means that without Jesus, we are not never truly free. The world says... You, you don't need a straitjacket. You don't want God in your life or any authority. You are free to be whoever you want to be. That's what the world says. Be who you want to be. And what do people become? They become enslaved to sin. As soon as we are given choice as human beings, we don't end up being free. We end up being unhappy, miserable. We, we get addicted to things. We look for joy and happiness and comfort and satisfaction in all the wrong things. They never satisfy. We're enslaved to emptiness, meaninglessness. We're enslaved to a fear that this life is all there is. And Jesus came to set us free from all the fears and the hopelessness and the meaninglessness and the joylessness of this life and the addictions of this life. So he's the Lamb of God who frees us from guilt and shame. Some of you are wrestling with guilt and shame for, for the past. You've got regrets. Well, Jesus died on that cross. His blood was shed. He's the Lamb of God who takes away your sin for good. The Bible says the sacrifice of Jesus, the Lamb of God, was perfect once and for all, never to be repeated. So many Christians are walking around, still wrestling with guilt and shame and regret. When the Lamb says, I've taken away your sin, will you trust in the power of the cross? There is no condemnation for those of us who are now in Jesus Christ. Uh, just to illustrate this, um, I get... I've never really spent a lot of time in hospital myself, but I spend a lot of time visiting people in hospital. And when someone comes home after being in hospital for a long time, it takes them quite a while to get used to being back at home. Um, it's, it's, they say that they've become institutionalized. And it's almost unnerving to, to be at home and to have the quiet of, of home. It takes a while to to enjoy the freedom of being back at home. But no one ever says, oh, I'd prefer to be back in hospital. <laughs> Food was so good. <laughs> they just, 
although it takes time to get free at home of the institution, you're glad to be home. And that's what we need to be and do as Christians. There will be some wrestling with the old life, with the old habits, with the old sin patterns, with the guilt. But you know, we've been set free. And if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. You don't need to go back to the old life. You don't need to feel guilty or ashamed or regretful. You just need to enjoy the freedom that Christ has won through his blood. Third, John witnesses to Jesus as baptizer with the Spirit. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. To baptize, as we learned last week, means to immerse or plunge in or soak. When someone comes to faith, they receive the Holy Spirit. They are regenerated, reborn from above. They become an adopted son of Jesus, an adopted child of God. But, you know, being baptized by the Spirit is not a one-off thing at conversion. God wants you and I to be continually baptized, soaked, immersed, plunged in the Holy Spirit, right? Which is why Jesus says in Luke eleven thirteen, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God just loves to give gifts out. And you know, the best gift he's got, apart from Jesus, is the Holy Spirit. And the reason he's such a good gift, the Holy Spirit, is because he fills us with joy, confidence, boldness, courage, power, and new life. I want some of that. I need that every day. I don't know about you. We've got a new car, newish, and um, I wash it now because <laughs> I like to have a clean car. I like to keep it clean inside and out. Before, I had all the kit, but I never used it. So this poor old car cleaning sponge I had with the old one that I never cleaned went all crusty and hard. Do you know what I mean? Some of you are like, no, no, oh no, just go with it, will you? So that the sponge became all hard and crusty and it wasn't very absorbent because I never used it. And that's a picture of some of us. We, we've gone, well, you know, I've, I've had the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I, was, I, I was born again as a Christian and I've done that bit. And we've become hard and uh, crusty. We, we, we're no longer soft and absorbent of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus wants us to go on being baptized, soaked, immersed, plunged in the Spirit. Not as a one-off. Otherwise, we'll get hard and crusty. He wants us to be soft and pliable so that we can go on easily being filled with the Spirit. That's a word for some of you. Without the Spirit, you will lack joy. Without the Spirit, you'll lack boldness. Without the Spirit, you'll, you'll be fearful of sharing the good news. Fourth, lastly, I've got four points today. Wow. Lucky you. John witnesses to Jesus as the Son of God. John 1.34. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. So if you're in any doubt, he's the Son of God. So tell those Jehovah's Witnesses, 
the word says he's the son of God. I don't know how clear it can be. They always go to John 1, don't they? That, um, where it says he was a son of God. But all over the scriptures it says he's the son of God. Come on, get a grip. We read in Matthew's account of Jesus' baptism, Matthew 3, 17. And a voice came from heaven, this is my son. Couldn't be any clearer, could it? Whom I love, with him I am well pleased. He's not a son, he's the son. <laughs> be bold, be confident in your answers to people when they question you. Jesus didn't stop being the eternal son of God when he entered into this world as a baby. He added a human form to his eternal nature. He became both fully God and fully human. To look into the eyes of the baby Jesus was, was to look into the eyes of God. Here's what I want us to notice. This is important for you and for me. Look at how the father addresses the son. I love this. This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Wow. That's the kind of relationship that exists in the Trinity between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. They love each other. They're well pleased with each other. They delight in each other. Whew. That's your father in heaven. And you know what? You are adopted into the family of God by faith, by the Holy Spirit. You are a son of God. Not in the sense that Jesus is son of God, because only he's the eternal son of God, but you've been adopted into the family. So guess what? As an adopted child of God, God loves you and is well pleased with you. Isn't that wonderful? Some of you have not had good father figures. I know that. I know that. But you have a father in heaven who sings over you with love and declares, I love you and I'm well pleased with you because you're, you're my child, you're my son. I'm going to stick with son, by the way, because the son has all the um, legal rights he, he, he inherited in Jewish culture. And if you're female, you're called a son because you have all the legal rights of adoption along with men. So I'll stick with the language. Thank you very much. God loves you. Some of you need to know how much God loves you. How can you know that? You can know that because God pours his love into your hearts through the Holy Spirit. Um, Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 5.1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Do you read that? You are a dearly loved child of God. Dearly loved. Not just loved, dearly loved. Look at this, Romans 5.5. 5. This is one of my favorite verses. I've got loads of favorites. You're all my favorites. But this is, this is a cracking verse, isn't it, for everyday life? God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Every day, ask God to pour out his Holy Spirit into your heart so that you can know God's love and pleasure in your life. Every day, ask for, to be filled with the Spirit and God will pour his love into your heart. Amen. Amen. You know, 
loving fathers want their children to know how much they are loved, don't they? Right? This is because children who are loved grow up to be confident, secure, mature, and loving. Guess what? God the Father wants you and I to be secure, mature, confident, and loving. So he says he loves us, and he delights in us, and takes pleasure in us as his adopted children. Some of us need to walk in this stuff. Some of us need to experience this stuff through the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason we have John's witness in the Bible is so that we can go out from this place to work colleagues on Monday morning to friends and neighbors and family members who do not know Christ and be bold and joy-filled and confident as who Jesus is and who he is in our lives. I'm going to stop and we're going to, let's stand, let's stand. There comes a point where you just have to let the Holy Spirit do his work, I think. Here it is. I, I feel that the Holy Spirit today would want all of us to cry out to God for the Father to pour his love into our hearts. We all need to know more of the love of the Father, don't we? We all need to know how loved we are so that we can be confident, bold, secure, loving people. Maybe you just want to hold your hands out uh, just to say, Lord, I come empty. I want you to fill me. You don't have to do this, but it helps me. I come as I am, Lord, empty, wanting to be filled. Father, we come needing to know your love. And so, Holy Spirit, we say, come and fill us, baptize us with the Father's love afresh. And so we wait, just in the quietness, the, the silence, just ask God to fill you afresh with the Father's love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, many of us are like that empty box of criminals. It looks good on the outside, but think of something in that, but actually there's an emptiness there. We want to be like that other box that's just full of you, full of your Holy Spirit, full of your love. And you want to pour that out to us, Lord. You want to bless us in a special way, Lord. As we open ourselves to you, you pour in much more blessing than we could also possibly imagine, Lord. You equip us, you enable us to walk through those dark valleys, Lord, because you are by our sides, Lord. Mm -hmm. We want to tell you that we love you and we want to invite you in, Lord. Help us, Lord. Each one of us, give us that desire and a hunger for more of you, more of your love, more of your spirit. Lord, you want to bless us. You're blessing us today, Lord. Help us to go away from here and name more of you, a desire for you, Lord. You love us beyond measure. You love us. You died on that cross for each one of us, Lord, that we might know you, that we might know the forgiveness of sins, that we might have that relationship with the Father, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings upon us, Lord. We ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask that as the musicians play the last song, I'm going to invite um, people to come up and be prayed for, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just Sometimes it's really good for us to respond specifically. Some of you um, 
yes, some of you need to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit this morning. There's all sorts of things going on in you. There are fears, there are struggles, and you need to be baptized in the love of God just to know how much God the Father loves you today. And uh, the Spirit is here to do that work. So um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a free front row here. There's nobody on it, on this front or either side. So what, as we're singing, why don't you just come and uh, I'd ask the prayer team, just as you see people come and stand at the front, would you just come out, lay hands on people and ask God to fill them with the Holy Spirit. So just come as the Spirit draws you. Come now as we're singing. Just come to the front.
how much we all need the Holy Spirit. We sang, I will follow you all my days, and you are alone are God, and I surrender to your ways, and we can only do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Holy Spirit, would you come, brood over this place, set us free to open up ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus name